The Eternal Entrepreneur gives you the stories and strategies to gain freedom as a Christian business leader. You'll hear from real entrepreneurs who have learned how to partner with God, from making millions to filing bankruptcy. These are honest stories to help you hear God's voice and build a lasting legacy through business. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for episode nine of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Pierce Brantley and along with my co-host, Joe Newton, and we cannot be more excited to share with you our conversation today with Kieran Lenahan. Kieran is the founder of Lenahan Coaching, a firm which helps SMBs, entrepreneurs, and venture-backed founders improve decision-making and overcome the mindset hurdles that slow down growth. Now, before we jump into the interview today, we want to ask if you'd help us out by leaving us a five-star review and sharing the podcast with a friend. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of my book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, and click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. And now, on to the interview. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we have Pierce Brantley and Joe Newton on the show. They are the co-hosts of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. Joe is in the real estate space and Pierce is an author of multiple books and a technology consultant in the product development space. It's always super encouraging and energizing to meet other people doing work at the intersection of faith, business, and entrepreneurship. Joe and Pierce, welcome to the show. It's awesome to have you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here, Kieran. We appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, Kieran, this is incredible. Love it. You got it. You got it. Awesome. So before we jump into today's conversation, uh, which we'll get into around what it means to partner with God in business, we'll talk about legacy and generational impact. Can you guys just share a bit about yourselves? Maybe a few minutes each, high level of your stories, and then how did your two paths cross? So for me, so business is one of these things that I kind of grew into out of necessity. So when uh, I grew up pretty much when all, all of my life looking beneath the poverty line, my dad had a small business that kind of struggled through uh, in, in different ways. And one of the key ways that I actually learned to have a relationship with the Lord was through kind of this, this really crucial need for provision and pursuing him in that. So I got to understand and know him as a father and then understand how he likes to work alongside us. So the very first time I remember this happening for me was actually, I was like 13 years old and I was mowing. And I remember I, this thing would happen like every Saturday when I mowed and I would, I would recognize this, this sense of presence, this sense of love and this sense of guidance as I was praying and as I was worshiping. I couldn't quite identify what it was. And then all of a sudden it culminated in the Lord kind of revealing himself to me that he was present in my work. And I realized, oh, this isn't segregated to Sundays. This is something that, that I can actually participate in, in whatever I'm doing. And so it started at that young, young age. And from there it took, it manifested itself in kind of uh, the first business that I started, which was a consulting practice in my early twenties. And just again, out of necessity, it was, Lord, I, I can run into towards these things, but I'm really going to need you to kind of partner with me in order to teach me what I need to know, in order to be effective, in order to have a good witness and everything else. And so it's been a gradual thing as it is for, I think, for most of us where we have kind of epiphanies and those epiphanies kind of grow into greater and greater manifestations of what God can do in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Mowing the lawn. That's a, your first uh, entrepreneurial experience or was that mowing your own lawn? That was mowing my own lawn. That was what my mom would call a uh, solopreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> you do it by yourself yeah. and uh and you're uh there's probably going to be depreciating returns on that work <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough no, fair I, enough i sold cards and all sorts of stuff i had all sorts of hustles for it's just about any single thing that i could want to earn money for growing up as a kid but that yeah. started at even younger age like nine wow love it love it no i appreciate you thank you for sharing that that's uh i think you're so right in terms of god showing up and then growing those epiphanies and those realizations that we have into things, sometimes years, sometimes over a decade down the road. It's, That's right. it's pretty cool to watch that unfold. So awesome. Joe, what about you? 
Yeah. So I would say my entrepreneurial journey technically started maybe about five or six years ago. Not actually with my my own business, but I had come out of a, a season where God basically just was blessing my face off. I got to meet my wife, get engaged to her. And I also happened to have some favor. I was working for a, a independent coffee shop and had become general manager of that coffee shop, which was a position that I had no right to be in. Uh, looking back, I'm like, I was not qualified for that position uh, other than I, I was honest and I, I was willing. But I think that was sort of the, the spark that gave me the, the desire to, to start to build the business and even see that it was possible. Hmm. And actually, when I was transitioning out of that position, I had figured out that the best thing they could do was fire me and split off my job by handing half of it to an accountant and half of it to uh, the guy who I had helped raise up under me to take over the day-to-day operations. So when they decided to take my advice and fire me, uh, I was trying to figure out what to do after that. And my wife said, you know, you've always done real estate or you've always talked about real estate. Why don't you, you go and do it? So with her support, I got my real estate license. And at that point, I really started to learn what a business was. I had no idea about systems and processes and scaling before that. I basically just was running into to walls left and right with that uh, school yeah. hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds pretty sounds pretty typical uh, as yeah. far as the entrepreneurial experience goes when you dive into it. One thing that you were mentioning when you talked about that job in the the coffee shop. What is what is it? God, he doesn't qualify. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Call there uh, you go. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. No, I. <laughs> Resonate with that for sure, but <laughs> gotcha. So you gave advice for people to, for the your your bosses, I guess, to fire you. Pretty yeah. uh, pretty gutsy, a pretty cool move there. <laughs> not not too many people can say that they've done that. It's true for for better or worse that I felt like that was the best thing to do for the the company, and and in the long run, it turned out being the the best thing for me as well because. Finding the the passion and finding about entrepreneurship was, you know, obviously it's become a passion of mine. And and from there, I had the past with hearing God's voice and partnering with Him in life, mm-hmm. finding my wife, all of that. And over the last five years since then, it has been a journey of asking myself, how can I take that relationship and now bring it into this area of business? which is one of my, my current passions, which is, okay, how do I partner with God in all of the areas of my life? So yeah, um, that's, that's kind of how those, those two came together. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I love how you've both already talked about the fact that, right, this isn't, this isn't a Sunday faith. This is a faith that permeates through every area of our life and affects everything that we do. So thank you both for sharing kind of your, your story. So how did you two connect? How did you cross paths? What did that look like? So the first time I think I actually met Joe was when he was in that GM role and uh, he paid me no mind because he was doing good things. And uh, I said, one day I'm going to be as cool as that guy. And uh, it took, it took all of four or five years for that to kind of uh, finally manifest itself. The podcast, I can remember exactly where I was. I was out on my balcony and uh, praying through what it would look like to kind of embark on a new identity in, in teaching and empowering people for kingdom business and for and for kind of identifying what intimacy looks like in the business workplace when it comes to our relationship with God. And I remember thinking, I really need a Joe type person. Joe and I were already friends at this point. I was like, if I just had someone with that skill set, with that kind of way of thinking about people and about networking, about and, uh, empowerment, we'd be unstoppable. But didn't think to actually ask Joe, even though he was the persona. <laughs> in my that's head. like, oh man, that's like, uh, I don't know, the stereotypical like middle school, high school girl who has the best friend. It's like, if only I could find a boyfriend, like this guy who's been so nice <laughs> to me. Um, and I was on so, the friend list. I was on the yeah. friend ladder. He didn't want to make that jump. Yeah. 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 That's, there's probably some... There's probably some truth to that. And then Joe, Joe, you can tell the side of the story better than I can. You called me or we had a conversation and it was, I was again out in that place and I was planning and you had this idea and it was like the Lord kind of put the two puzzle pieces in both of our hearts and it just made a whole lot of, whole lot of sense. So I would say it was divine intersection in, in a lot of really kind of cool ways. 
Joe, what's your perspective on that? Don't make me a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far you've only given your own side, so I, I can't I can't call you a liar there. No, I, I think it's really interesting and, and awesome to to see with the Lord how he works in confirmation so many times that it's if he speaks to you, most likely he's gonna bring other people or other things like the word, like you're going to see something in the word. You're going to hear a message on Sunday. You're going to have a friend come and speak something to you that they might not have any idea that it's confirming to you. But, but I feel like God does that consistently, especially uh, in areas of transition. He'll, he'll bring confirmations so that you know what that still small voice was and that his promises are true. And, and this, like so many things, was, was one of those where God just put something on my heart. I had the desire to create a podcast, to create a vehicle that I could start to share with other people. The, the thing that I saw as, as, as a place of lacking was there, there weren't a whole lot of resources for learning. How do you bring business acumen with hearing God's voice and living by faith, which a lot of times is the exact opposite of what you read in the books is a good idea versus a God idea. Right. And, and so when I heard just in my heart that I, I wanted to start this thing. And I, I felt like I should reach out and just ask Pierce. And then as you know, we just talked about it, it had already been confirmed in his heart. So that's something we've seen as a, as, as a theme as we've gone along that there's been a confirming for both of us. So when we get together, it's like, well, I guess it's God, right? Two or more. <laughs> right, right. So I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've, I don't know, it's like you've maybe explained this before. I've thought through this a little bit. <laughs> Late but, nights, like just chewing, chewing with the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, one of the, I completely resonate with the confirmation as I look back on a lot of the big transitions that I've had to date and just multiple, multiple, multiple confirmations where I think sometimes for me, I feel like the relationship that I have with him, he's almost like, he knows me so well. He knows that I need like six or seven times and he has to like slap me upside the head before I'll finally like notice. I'm getting better at it. That's something I'm working on. You're, you're um, the only one who deals with that. No one else needs six yeah, times. Yeah. Yeah. It's eight for me, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Awesome. So, all right. So we've got kind of your background. We've got how you two came together and I'm super excited to, to watch this continue to unfold because like you said, there's, there's a huge need for this and there aren't a ton of resources out there. It's a, it's a big part of why I've started to dive into this as well. So I'd love to unpack this phrase, right? Partnering with God in business. Faith and business are these two kind of monstrous ideas. They're these monstrous spaces with all of this content that's out there. And there's so much to be said about them. So how do we start to wrap our minds around? And maybe let's start with this. What does partnering with God in business mean to each of you? And start there and then we can, we can go from there. I take huge, huge inspiration from the story of Gideon, Gideon in the Old Testament. So he's got, a, he's got a crazy story that I think there's a lot of principles in for anyone who's looking to, to partner with God. So his story opens up. The guy is basically two steps away from breaking brownies with an easy bake oven. The Bible says he's, uh, he's basically making flour in a wine press. and He's hiding from the Midianite army. So we open up, our hero opens up and he's basically in full cowardice at this point. And the Lord calls him, Lord of the angel armies calls him and says, Hey, Gideon, I want you to lead an army against the Midianites. And I want you to basically be my general. And so he's going from basically someone who's scared living out of a place of, of, of lack and fear. And he's supposed to actually be operating from a place of being a general. And so the Lord calls him and he goes, I can't do that. So my identity uh, does not really line up with that. My dad doesn't really believe in Yahweh. I don't have the skill set, and I've never done anything like this before. And the Lord says, "Go in the strength you have." He goes, "I don't think so." The Lord says, "Go in the strength you have." He goes, "I don't think so." Go in the strength you have, Gideon. All right, fine. I'll I'll go in the strength and the capacity that I have, which basically just means being obedient because I still don't have the skill set, and I, we don't really have a relationship yet at this point. But he chooses to go down this path. And we all know the rest of his story. He was extremely successful. He had to take even more steps of faith, but he ended up being a conquering general that was empowered by the Lord. And so for partnership, when it comes to business, most of the time we think 
all right, I have to wait from some epiphany from on high in order to get going, in order to actually operate from a place of kingdom perspective, from a place of, of real, real faith. And oftentimes the Lord is saying, you're not going in the strength you have. You're not even operating from just a place of non-fear. And you need to. And you need to actually just own the day and own the role. And then as you do that, then more unpacking comes that looks like you conquering battles that you otherwise never would have seen. If you look at the life of, of Gideon, whether he realized it or not, in that moment of fear, when he was hiding, when he was just basically making ends meet, the Lord still had a picture of him, which was conquering general. And oftentimes, we don't see ourselves as conquering general when it comes to the way we approach our own businesses and our own work. But that's the way he sees us. That's the way he's actually kind of positioned us. We just have to step out into that. I'll give you a really quick example from my own life, and then I'll let Joe jump in. So here last year, and I've got lots of stories like this, but this is the one's top of mind. I was asked to kind of give some feedback to uh, the C-suite of uh, of a company. And I was that was provoked by a consultant that was helping them kind of figure out what they wanted to do. And so I have a measure of business acumen as as anyone else does. And so it was just a simple ask, hey, what can we what can we improve upon? And it was a little bit more nuanced than that. But so I was like, you know what? Here are the three things I could do. I could do processes, I could do this, I could do all the things, right? All the meet the e-myth mastery things. That was going in the strength I had. But I paused as I like to do. And I said, you know, Lord, I know how I could approach these things. Is there anything you see that I don't see that is actually going to to benefit the business practically? How do they actually need to operate that I don't see? You know, I didn't get anything at first. I continued to pray. And all at once after pressing in, I got this spiritual epiphany. And I saw very clearly, the Lord showed me that there was leaders there that were operating from a a perspective of tactical work, meaning they were operating in the business, not on the business. And I didn't know that. I had no recollection of that. And then I saw that what in order for them to be effective, they needed to actually move into more strategic thinking in order to help the business scale. And that was their specific problem. This was a specific problem for a specific time with specific people. I didn't know this. This just came out of a perspective of prayer. So I took a risk mm-hmm. and I was pretty sure that I'd, I'd heard the Lord on this. And my time comes and the kind of unpack you all the stuff. And I tell them, I tell you what, Kieran, you could have heard of like a pin drop in the room. They were dumbfounded. They were, their mouths could have hit the floor. They were so shocked that I knew exactly what was going on without them explaining it and then how to approach it. It was like a Joseph moment for me. So that unpacked the conversation for, how did you even know? And so I thought that was cool. Hmm. Like, an hour later, I'm back wow. uh, in an office and the CEO comes in, sits down, and just stares blankly at the wall and he just starts <laughs> shaking his head like this. And I go, what? He goes, I have never, expe- I don't know. How, how did you even know? And so then I got the opportunity to say, I'll tell you how I know. This is my process for prayer, for bringing the Lord into stuff. And so, and from this day, I, I heard from him actually here not long ago. He said, this still weighs on my mind all of the time. That wow. you knew. So that's partnership. I went in the strength that I had and the skill set that I could have done without fear. And then I gave that over to the Lord. And then something was conquered, which was people operating from a place of lower ability, not using the highest use of their time. So wow. partnership looks like intimacy manifested through some kind of art, through some kind of partnership towards a good outcome. Wow. No offense, Joe. I think we'll just end the podcast right there. <laughs> no. Wow. So you just got into, I I really love that example. I appreciate you bringing that up because it can be when you, when you start to think through this really, and you get started about how can I actually like live out my faith in the business? Right. And you're bringing up a really, really practical takeaway already for people to, to go and apply in their business, which is based on the strengths, the skill set, the knowledge that you currently have, like you have a way that you think you would approach something. But taking a step back and like you said, pausing and that act of, of trust, really of trust, obedience and acknowledgement of your place in this partnership, that you're not the only one in this allowed that space and, and that prayer to create this insight. And that's, that's so profound. I hope people who are listening really take note of that and think about tomorrow, how they can apply that in their business, because 
I'll speak for myself. That's a, that is a discipline and that is a habit that I have yet to form to the extent that I think I want to. Um, so I thank you for sharing that. It's an incredible example. Sure. Well, I, if I can just kind of cap on that. So oftentimes we get condemned because we think about, we hear about great spiritual leaders and stuff like that. And they say, you know, you got to cultivate intimacy with the Lord. You got to have intimacy with God. And especially if you're particularly business-minded or you're operating a particularly process or analytical or profit-driven, KPI-driven mindset, the idea of intimacy can be not only condemning, meaning I don't know how to associate with it, I feel separated from it, but you can also feel very much like I don't have whatever that puzzle piece is in order to turn that on. You articulated it really well. If any other relationship I that I care about, I pause to get their insight or their perspective that's entering into relationship, that's abiding. And so just by doing that, it may not feel intimate, but it is intimate because you're doing something with your father, with God. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's all you have to bank on. The enemy will try and tell you, you don't feel something so that you don't have that sense of intimacy. No, the reality is I paused. And sometimes the Lord's not going to tell you anything. Why? Because he trusts you because he told you to go in the strength you have. Sometimes he's going to say, Hey son, Hey daughter, here's what we could do. And those are, and they're both fun and they're both equally manifestations of God working through you. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Thank you, Joe. You want to, you want to follow, follow that up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no, I don't. Um, I I do want to jump in and and play off of that a little, because I, I think one of the things that Pierce and I are, are learning as we're going on this journey together is we're talking to other kingdom minded entrepreneurs, business owners is is seeing how important the relationship part of it is. And that if, uh, well, let me put it this way. I feel like it's becoming clear and clear to me that there's, there's a real difference between operating out of Christian principles and maybe not even just say Christian principles, but God principles, the principles that he has set in place, sowing and reaping kind of thing. You see that in the world that they rebranded as karma or whatever. There are certain principles that God's put in place that if you operate by them, they're good and they're going to bear fruit. Hmm. And that's, that's awesome. And th- there are a lot of people who talk and teach about that. I think the thing that we've been trying to dig into and understand and, and share is, is the thing that goes hand in hand with the Christian principles, which is that, that partnership, that relationship. And if I can use the Christianese, the, the walking it out by faith. And, and what I, I mean by that is that we partner with God. So therefore, just like if we had a, an earthly business partner, we don't always know what their response is going to be, but they, in the same vein, they can also respond in a way that, that pushes us to go outside of our comfort zone. God, God always has a, a bigger, bigger risk uh, tolerance than, than we do, I think, a lot of times. And, and if we're not walking in a place that makes us feel uncomfortable in, in certain ways. And again, this is a relationship thing, right? Then that's the, the key difference is, is the walking by faith is the, I'm hearing something and I'm endeavoring to walk something out that I don't fully understand. I might not have all the puzzle pieces for, or by the worldly standards, doesn't look like a good idea. But I think that's where the, the partnership and the, and the walking it out by faith comes is like, okay, I heard this and I'm going to step out on it. So, so that's, that's something that, that I know I've, I've, I've been growing in because I, I think it's that a man can plan his, his steps, but the, I'm so bad with Bible verse quoting. <laughs> a man plans his ways, but God guides his steps or, yeah. or however that is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we can have a business plan set up, but the, the partnership comes. It's like, if you hear God or if you feel like you're hearing God and he says to take a, a right or deviate from that, then that's, that's where the faith journey can begin. So, yeah, yeah. And the, that distinction that you just drew out, I think is, is really, really important, right? Cause that I hadn't thought about it in that way before, but you're exactly right in that there are plenty of businesses, honestly, out there, maybe their owners, their CEOs, their founders are not Christian. They're operating on principles that are biblical that you yeah. will find, right. That God has woven into just how things work, but that's different. Like that's good. And it will, like you said, it will bear fruit, but that's different than actually being in a relationship because a relationship involves conversation, intimacy, walking together and constant kind of communication and communion. 
Whereas operating from principles, you can kind of set those principles and then go do your other stuff. Um, so that's a, a really awesome kind of way to, to think about it and a good framework to think through. So I, I appreciate that. That's, that's not something that I've heard taught before in, in other conversations where you know, we're talking around faith and business. And can I add one thing real quick, yeah. Kieran? So one thing that, that's been um, on my heart to, that, that's pushed me a little bit further is thinking like when I read the, the Bible and see that if we truly believe in a, a living God who breathed into dirt and a man got up, like there should be something that people see in us and the way that we operate our business and the fruit of our business that marks us as different. And I think that's what I'm trying to grow into right now. It's like, how can I live from a place that I'm different? I should be set apart in some way that people see my business. And it's not just that I, I tithe. It's, it's not just that I operate in good principles of integrity. Like that's good. But yeah. it's that faith where I'm like, there needs to be something that marks a Christian business person that makes us different. So, yeah, no, I, I love that. It's like people looking from the outside, will they know? Like, could somebody tell, like, oh, this guy is different? He's the way he runs his business is different. Not, oh, this guy runs a great business. You know, he's great customer service, integrity, doesn't lie, doesn't swindle people. But <laughs> is there something like that step beyond? Is I think, what you're hitting on is that's, yeah. that's I, truly, I think what we're called to as entrepreneurs who follow Jesus yeah. or what, Jesus followers who we, are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, and I think the way I'm coming to see it, it's like, if I don't need God for my business to operate, for me to walk in life, like if there's not some area to where it's like, I need God to show up or this fails, then, then that's the difference. You know what I mean? Like if I can do it myself, then what do I need God for? So. Right. Right. Yeah. And. I can't wait for people to hear this because I think this is going to open up some thinking, open up some minds and, and hopefully just cause people to, to just take some time to reflect on what we're talking about and honestly evaluate certain parts of their business. I know that that's what I'm going to do after this and, and over the next couple of days. So I, I actually, I'm, I'm really curious. You brought up, uh, Pierce, the story of Gideon and Joe, you've talked about a few other parts in the Bible that have kind of seemed to have framed or shaped your thinking around these topics, but this isn't really something you learn in a church. It's not something you really get taught in school. So I'm curious for, for the people listening, like what have been some really impactful either people or resources that have at least helped you and given you some of the pieces to get you to where you are now in, in the way that you're thinking about it? Pierce Brantley has been a, a big impact. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a culmination of a lot of different for me, it's a culmination of a lot of different things. Without, without trying to over-spiritualize the conversation, a lot of it really has been relationship with the Lord. And so the way I like to describe it is, so oftentimes when we talk about knowing God in the traditional Christian sense, it's like knowing someone based off of being kind of familiar with someone's personality. So like if you ever frequent a, like a, a coffee shop often and you kind of get to know the people behind the counter, you don't, you're familiar with their personality, right? Mm. You're familiar with your colleagues' personalities, but you don't know anything about them. So, so often with God, by reading the Bible and by kind of seeing him in the lives of other people, we know him based off of his, the, his personality traits, basically. We, we kind of get the sense that he's good. We kind of get the sense that he's loving. But if you were to ask yourself, do you know him? Well, that's a different question. Do you know what's on his mind? Do you know what's on his heart? Do you know what's, what his thoughts are, are towards you? Mm. And that's, a, that's an ebb and flow, I think, of, um, for every Christian. But knowing somebody is a step no, beyond just kind of knowing their personality, right? You can say, hey, yeah. Pierce, he's a high D, and uh, you know, that was, <laughs> that's everything I need to know about him. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in a culture right now that does that. Right, we we kind of we kind of categorize people based off of personalities, and so we have a tendency to do that with God. But knowing God, meaning know what's on His heart, what what what's on His mind, is gives you the opportunity to learn new things about how to do different things. And so, like again, if you look at the story of of Joseph, Joseph had uh, a lot of leadership skills, he had a lot of capacity, but he was used in order to go save a nation from seven years of famine. 
that was a strategic process. You think about all the processes and stuff that went into place for like going and getting food and going and doing all these different things, giving out resources and everything else. That was something that kind of culminated from him having a spiritual gift set and a and a and a, and a practical gift set, and from knowing kind of what when Lord the Lord was pressing on him, and so. For me, it's been kind of a continual push into that heart. I don't always get it right. Oftentimes I don't, but it's a continual push into that heart of what does relationship up with God look like in a different context? Because that's where, where good stuff flows from, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, I give the, the, the amen to that because I, I think it does, yeah, the inspiration for that is, yeah, just relationship with the Lord cultivating that over consistent years and seeing what's possible and then just saying, Hey, I want to, like we talked about at the beginning, implement that in all areas of my life. I will also say to, to kind of answer your question before, because there, there have been some specific resources which have helped and, and inspired me as I've, I've grown in this. And I would say one, and this was the thing that put the sparks years and years ago, but there's a, elder at a gateway church in Dallas named Steve Doolin. And I heard him speak years ago. I don't know if the, I have it on CD somewhere, um, but uh, they, they did a business conference and he talked about getting away with the Lord, like how eventually, I think it was every year at the beginning of the year, he would get away for, I forget what it was, a week or something, four days a week, get by himself, no internet, no cell phone, he might have been really hardcore and, and fasted for the whole time. And but what he came away with, he'd say he'd set apart that time just to get together and, and and endeavor to seek the Lord. And sometimes like he would spend that whole time there, get nothing. And then on his way home, God would start to to give him ideas, specific business ideas, and start to answer some of the questions that he had, had the whole time. And and when he started doing that, it was a huge shift in his business. And he was able to, to go into new areas because of what God started to, to speak to him. So I, I think that was one way. And, and that a practical way is just being intentional with setting aside time, whether that's a week to go fast and pray, or whether that's, hey, I'm going to try and endeavor to spend 10 minutes every day and just ask God, like, hey, do you want to tell me anything? But being intentional with that. So Steve would be one person. And then I've also started to get involved and for a while even ran my own uh, mastermind group, just trying to find like-minded people like Pierce, like yourself, Kieran, like-minded people who want to know God and want to learn and, and, and grow in business and just put myself around those type of people. That made a huge difference because yeah. having someone else pray and be asked like, hey, do you hear anything for me? Really can make a huge difference. So, so practically for people is find others like you and get them on a Zoom call, get them in coffee, like find consistent time to, to fellowship with each other. So yeah, no, I love that. Two things I'll echo and highlight from that. One, consistency in both community with other people, other believers, like-minded people, and then consistency and withdrawing and finding time with God. That's actually one of the most difficult but impactful things that I help my clients work with and that I wrestle with myself is carving out that time daily and then weekly observing Sabbath. Before we hopped on and started recording, we were talking a little bit about the, the ruthless elimination of hurry. And one of the core practices that are talked about in that book are, are, is Sabbath. And how we've, as a culture, I've just completely lost sight of it. And that example that you shared about that elder, that's like, that's the kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff that's going to mark Christian entrepreneurs as different, right? And we're like, yeah. Hey, I'm going away. I'm not bringing my phone, no internet. I'm just going, <laughs> going to spend time with God. Like people are gonna be like, yeah, there's something different about that. Guy. <laughs> but no, I love that. So I love to, to transition a little bit into talking about some combination of, of legacy and generational impact, and then also calling. Uh, Pierce, I do want to give you the opportunity to just talk a little bit about the book that you, you recently wrote and released. So can you share just like the, the 30, 30 second version? Like, what is it? What's the main point? Summarize your entire, I don't know how long you worked <laughs> on that. Summarize it in, in about 30 seconds for us. No, absolutely. Really? Share, yeah, share about that and, and what, uh, what inspired you to write it and kind of what's the, the takeaway? Absolutely. So. This is what I've seen 
and this is what my heart is for, is that there is very specific, very time-sensitive work that God has called every single person to do. And many people spend their entire lives going throughout their whole life, wondering if there is specific predestined work which God has planned for them to do. And there is, and it's for just you and for just him to do. And it's thematic and it's intimate and it's a really, really good thing. And most of us go our entire lives wondering, have I missed the boat or am I misaligned to what it could be that God might do with me? We see other people that are doing great things for the Lord and we wonder, is it possible that God would do that in my own life or why hasn't he done that in my own life? And so what the book does is answer that question then gives the steps that allow someone to kind of step into their calling, into that predestined specific work that God has for them to do. And they have the ability to find it at any job with any boss at any place in life, which is a really cool, really freeing thing. The inspiration from it was because of the way I grew up, kind of like I alluded to earlier, I had to kind of rush into finding a way to provide for myself, to feed to feed myself, to, to keep a roof over my head from a very, very early age. And what I found was God's faithfulness and God's provision through the vehicle, through the, the mechanics of work. And so often, I think we segregate our work life from our spiritual life without intention. And a lot of that has to do with anxiety. If I enter into something with anxiety, I'm not doing it with intimacy. Therefore, it's hard to feel that relationship with God going on. And it was the opposite for me. I was in desperation. So (laughs) so through the vehicle of prayer and through work, I found God. And so what I wanted to do was help people understand how they can find that thing that God would have them do and how they can navigate it. And so we go through tons of principles. We go through what it means to operate from your anointing, which is your spiritually infused skill set, which is really, really cool. It's how to steward the things that God has already given you, how to uh, walk in power of that thing, how to find a sense of calling right where you're at right now. So often we think seasonal thing or calling is something like a mountaintop moment, right? Where if we could just find that mountaintop moment, that Moses moment, God will download everything we need to know from there. (laughs) right off into the sunset and we'll go be Billy Graham or Elon Musk or whoever it is that we feel like is succeeding in life. It doesn't work that way. From the moment we've been saved, we've been called. We just haven't, because of the way the church has raised us up and some cultural things, we've separated the mechanics of living from calling uh, from the reality of abiding and, and relationship. And when we can bring those two things together that's when we unlock a lot of things that we never thought would be possible because we're doing things from a different position than we otherwise would. And so that the book answers a lot of questions about how to find what God would have you do in your life. Sounds like a pretty important book. I'm sold personally. I'm going to read the book and I've, I've gone through my own journey of, of really wrestling with a lot of those questions. And I think it's not, like you said, it's not a one-time thing. It's not this mountaintop experience you're looking for. It's not a, a goal to be achieved. I think our culture has become hyper distracted by, by goals and by accolades relationship, right? There's no, when you're married, when you're in a, in a friendship, when you're in a relationship, there isn't like, there isn't this end goal of like, Oh, now we're married. Now we're all good. Like, that's it. We're not going to do anything else. Like that's the start of a, a journey of a relationship. So I, I love the, the way that you've approached writing that. I'm looking forward to checking that out. It's yeah. Opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. So I do want to, I want to, transition if you guys are good with it to the the rapid fire round uh, we'll see just how rapidly we can get through <laughs> it I, i'm sure there will be some interesting answers that we'll want to unpack a little bit so if you're good I'll, I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first for each of the questions but the first one i'll start off with is what's your most important personal habit and the caveat to make it a little bit harder is besides spending time with god so what's your most important personal habit besides that time and intimacy with god I can I can speak up. It's different, but it's become it's become something that I value more and more. I confront everything. So when there is something that doesn't feel right, or when there's something that comes up with another person, or with something, especially when it comes to what I perceive as injustices, I'm going to confront it. And that doesn't mean that I that I do it in an, an angry way or an overly aggressive way necessarily. But I don't let things get swept under the rug. And I think that, oper- that what that does 
is it allows you to get clarity really quickly on what an issue is. And it also allows the opportunity for grace to come in so that you can nurture something back. And so it's a muscle that's been worked over time is to just kind of approach things that you have a question about with, with quick clarity and, hmm. to, and to figure out with a person or with a process what needs, what's reality and try to live from a position of reality at all times. Wow. Yeah. The amount of growth that you'll experience if you do that on a consistent basis, I'm sure is, is insane. I'm sure you've grown a lot through that. Yeah. Oh yeah. In good ways and bad ways. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. What about you, Joe? I don't know if this is a cheat answer. You can tell me if it is and I can go down my list, but I would say it's uh, endeavoring to always come back to a place of thanksgiving, whether that's when I'm in a time of prayer or praying, endeavoring to, to kick it with uh, thanksgiving, or when I'm with my wife. This is maybe going to sound a little silly, but sometimes when you know she's in a hard place or I'm in a hard place and we're losing hope or we're a little depressed or not sure, we do something I like to call the ABC game. And basically what it is, is you start at the letter A and one of you says something that you're thankful for that starts with the letter A. Wow. And then the other person goes B and you go all the way through the alphabet and xylophone. <laughs> Didn't know I could be so thankful for it until I got to that letter and had to be thankful for something. Yeah. Um, but I, that, that posture and heart of, of Thanksgiving, I think has been one of the most important habits that I've built is continuing to always try to provoke myself to come back to a place of Thanksgiving because there's always something to be excited and, and happy about. And it changes your perspective so quickly when yeah. you just push yourself to, to remind yourself of, of what you're thankful for. No, Man, I love that. I love that you both gave answers of a habit that's on the a thought level because that that changes. I mean, there's there's science to back it up. It changes your biology, your physiology, the chemistry in your body, and then obviously changes how you show up in the world. So I I love that, man. Gratitude, huge fan of it, and I, I love that exercise. I'm gonna pitch that to my wife tonight. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you know the the first time that we give it a go. There you go. And if she doesn't, if she's negative about it, say that just means we really need to do this. There you go. There you go. Love it. All right. Uh, what is one thing you want to see happen in the world in your lifetime? Take that any direction you want. So we're starting off with the, the small, easy questions. Yes. Okay. Yes. It gets easier as we go. Yeah. <laughs> that's such Man. a big, it's such a big open, open question. <laughs> yeah. You could approach it from the people perspective or the process. Perspective. <laughs> you guys are overthinking it. You can say yeah. jetpack. You can say like jetpacks yeah. for everybody. You can <laughs> I'll, say. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, okay. So if we're just going to go the jetpack route, thank you for the cue. <laughs> so something I think is really cool Tesla or Elon Musk, they're doing this thing with Neural Link. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's basically yeah, yeah. embedded technology, kind of cyborg like, but there's a lot of practical implications to it, which is just the ability to transfer information more quickly, have communications with people in a more kind of intuitive thought-based way. And I think our brains are incredibly powerful. And so I'm someone who's like in the product space, right? So everything in my world has to do with uh, ergonomics, heuristics, how people engage with things. And one of the things that we've known for a long time is that the way we, the UI, the things we interact with are going to disappear, which makes things become and feel more natural. And so if there's ways of doing that through thought specifically, then your interactive patterns are something that feel much more natural for a human. We don't actually realize how much stress and how much cognitive load it takes to do all these different things, work on a computer, drive a car, look at ads. By eliminating all that kind of stuff and putting it directly in the mind, you free up the senses to be more human. And so hmm. I think... It, if we can get that right, that'd be really cool. That and going to Mars. <laughs> cool. No, that's a, that's a cool answer. Yeah. It's those applications are both exciting, intriguing, and then a little bit scary. <laughs> Sounds like the gospel. Yeah. Intriguing, yeah. exciting, and a little bit scary. <laughs> I'm going to go with, since you opened it up and took off the pressure, that I would love to see for the vast majority of people to deal with their awesomeness and that just means like recognizing like they're made in the image of God. He did the hard work. He thinks you're amazing. And you just need to deal with that. Like he did this to you. So I would love to see that for the default for people to recognize their value yeah. and uh, to walk that oh, out. Man. So. What a different world we would be in. Wow. 
Joe champions that really well. Joe champions that really well. If you listen to him on the Eternal Entrepreneur podcast or anything else he does, he's really good at bringing out the value that exists in other people. And you can learn a lot from osmosis just from the way he models that. <laughs> nice. Love it. I see it. I've gotten that from our, our interactions. Next question. What is one book that you most highly recommend other than the Bible? So, oh man, there's, that's hard. I can tell you, oh, it's slipping my mind now. It's not talent. It's not enough. That's a Maxwell book, but that's a really good one. It's, oh man, I can't remember the name of it now. It's killing me. I give copies of it to everybody. <laughs> um, I can't tell you. That's how good it is. Um, <laughs> Joe, you go and I'll remember the name of it because everyone needs to read it. It's not a well-known book. Yeah. So I'll go. Can I, can I give a, a business book and a, a not business book? I'll, is that I'll allow it. Eating? I'll Man, allow it. been in the rules here. So the business book, and this is so everyone knows it, but I got so much out of E-Myth Revisited just for people to start thinking about their business in different silos in different directions. And, and to do that from the beginning, I think is huge. So I highly recommend old classic E-Myth Revisited. And then on the other side, I'd recommend Culture of Honor by Danny Silk, which just talks about how to create a culture where it's about honoring the other person and not making it about yourself. And I think whether you're applying that to your business, your relationship with your family, I think it's a huge, huge book. So those, are, awesome. those would be my, my two. Nice. You, you got it, Pierce? I got it. Yeah. So it's Making Ideas Happen by Scott Belsky. This is like my number one like giveaway book ever. And I've had probably three copies of it myself. The reason it's valuable is specifically valuable for entrepreneurs and for those who are creatively minded. There's people who, have a, who have, get excited from starting things. There's people that get started, excited from finishing things. Most of us who are ideas or, or, or kind of visionary driven type people are really good at starting, but at not finishing. So this helps break down how to, how to finish creative ideas so that you and other people can get value from them. And so it's a really freeing book, especially if you're a creatively minded person. Nice. I love that. I definitely see what, uh, which of those two categories I fit into. So it'll be interesting to, to see uh, what other insights I can gain from that book. Which one? There's not a better or worse. I'm curious. I, I, uh, I love, I'm, I'm a huge fan of starting things. Just love it. I mean, it's just a blast. There's so much energy in the, in the start. <laughs> I love, like I have a way more ideas than I could possibly execute on. So yeah. That's cool. A buddy of mine, I had a mentor years ago and he helped me over, helped me a lot. And apparently there's this, there's this principle. It's a, we get a dopamine release, right? That's part of the excitement and the feel good. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk about your idea, you don't get the burnout from starting things. So oftentimes, like the first thing we do when we start an idea is we tell a whole lot about it, people about it, because we're excited, right? And then the excitement dissipates, and we don't want to follow through with it. And the reason is because the brain believes it's done it because it's talking yes, about it. Yes. And so if we can hold in that excitement just a little bit until we've actually done something, we're much more likely to finish. So we can train ourselves to be finishers. Yeah. Awesome. Good. That's good news. I, I have, I've heard that principle, I think a few years back and I've, I've actually applied that and stopped talking about the 85 ideas that sure. come to mind. It always, it's always while I'm showering or using the bathroom, like that's where I get all the ideas. So I don't, whatever. Next question. So, so this is, a, this will be the second to last question. And this would just be, what's one piece of actionable advice that you would have for, for everybody listening as it relates to their own personal journey of partnering with God in business? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Get it deep, deep, deep in your soul. Get it deep in there. The Proverbs actually says, there's, there's a lot of confusion about what the fear of the Lord is. There's a proverb that actually says, humility is the fear of the Lord. And we got to get that deep in our hearts because so often, and this is more of an American thing than anything, but we get individualistic about our own endeavors, right? I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur. I am a business owner. I am, an, I am someone who makes ideas happen. And that isolates us from the person who gives us life directly. We got to get it deep in us that nothing that we build is of any value if it's devoid of that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. and, and we can always, we can always reform things back into that. 
But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's something we have to rest in, operate from, and believe every day of our lives. Wow. That's right. good. So I, I wouldn't say this is the, the opposite of that, but going right along with that, I think, is recognizing that God is a good father. And as you endeavor to partner with him and step out in faith, knowing that it's, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fall on your face, Karen, just like we were talking about before we started. We've got those, those 10, 11 month olds at, at, at our houses and they literally fall on their faces continuously. And, and that's okay. Like as, as long as the motive is pure and they're endeavoring to grow and, and we're endeavoring to grow, we're, we're endeavoring to hear God's voice and to steward what he's given us. That's what he cares about. And he's a good father and it's okay if you get it wrong. Just continue to come back to him. Don't let anything stop you. Condemnation, blame, shame. That's not Jesus. If there's anything that stops you from running back to him, get that out of your life and know that it's, it's okay. Like he loves you and it's okay to fail. Just keep, keep getting up and keep moving. Awesome. That's a, that's a great piece of advice for everybody out there listening. The last question is, a, will tee it right up for you. This is a, a soft lob. What's the best place that people can find more about you guys, can, can listen to your podcast and just get, get more immersed in this, this world? So we, you can go to eternalentrepreneur.co to access uh, the podcast. And uh, if you're looking for the book Calling, uh, you go to anywhere books are sold. You go to Amazon, Calling, Awaken to the Purpose of Your Work. Awesome. Guys, this has been a blast. I'm seriously just truly pumped that you guys are out in the world having these conversations, helping to educate people, bringing more people into the fold. Uh, so I'm going to continue to support and look forward to, to hearing more and interacting more with you guys. I think there is a movement happening that God is working in the, the marketplace and in entrepreneurship. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how that unfolds and the part that we can all play in it. So thank you guys so much for being here and for sharing a, a ton of really valuable advice and, and wisdom with everybody. Kieran, I love what you're doing. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it was an honor. Thanks so much, Kieran. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. It would help us out tremendously. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of Pierce's new book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.